1: what is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the kind of funny x cast your home for all things xbox here at kind of funny of course i'm one of your hosts Snowbike mike and i'm joined by my two favorite dudes here on planet earth in the gaming universe my guys paris lily and gary witta gary i missed you last week how are you today my
0: friend i'm good that's right yeah i wasn't on last week glad to be back this week another friday we made it we survived another week I got to be careful this week, though. The last couple of kind of funny shows that I've done, the last two KFGDs that I did, um, you know, the Games Daily Show, I've somehow managed to get into some. I, we'll call them beefs, but like good, like good, good, really good, like healthy, vigorous uh... debates with. First of all, Tim Geddes. he and I got into a big, a big debate about Nintendo and uh, where where Nintendo fits into the gaming landscape and casual versus like. But basically, it was like, do Nintendo need to? beef up the switch. Like, does there need to be a switch pro? My argument was no, he thinks yes. And we got into a whole big uh, beef. And then Andy Cortez this past week, when I was on with Greg, we were <laughs> talking about some Elden Ring related news. Um, Andy, Andy uh, popped in because he hit oh, Eldon Ring. I got to get involved. He jumped in and started talking to me about, Elden Ring and there's ongoing Paris knows what I'm talking about this ongoing debate of like it's not for me it's too hard it's not going to be a fun game for me but like Elden Ring players just won't leave you alone Elden Ring players are so evangelical I don't know what it is but like they like they it's not good enough that you know how they say like you know I'm not going to get into like the whole religious side of it but like there's a there's almost like a religious level of evangelical evangelicalism that goes on with Elden Ring players like it's not good enough that they enjoy the game you have to enjoy it as well and like with almost any other game, I would say, I'm glad you enjoy it, but it's not for me. Then, you know, anyone else would say, yeah, great, fine. Uh, and, you know, go play your game and I'll play mine. You tell an Elder Ring player that, like, no, 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 you must enjoy it. Yeah. You, you've just got to try It's okay. You can do it. And Andy's not, Andy's not like one of the, he's not like annoying like that, but he was he was do, kind of doing the same thing saying, hey, you know, get into it, you know, you should give it a try. And I'm like, leave me alone. I don't want to play it. And so I don't know what it is, but for some reason, this past couple of weeks, I've just, I've, I've continued to, wandered accidentally into like big debates and arguments with uh kind of funny people and like you know you guys are great let's see where it goes I've, I'm, I'm gonna try not to you piss want in you, pick your a you fight off with
1: mike today i really want to see uh, mike yeah you
0: can you can, can, can bring can a the fight with mike
1: uh, not with my gaming dad we can't do that not me and Gary. <laughs> not today not today Gary.
0: I can't pick a fight with him maybe Barrett maybe maybe Barrett's like the, I'm kind of thinking about cuz I'm thinking about Mike and Paris cuz those are the two that I'm seeing yeah. on the screen right now. Yeah, yeah. But Barrett's lurking in the shadows. Maybe he and I will get into some beef before this is all over.
1: Yeah. <sighs> all right Gary, well I'm happy to have you back. We'll see if we start up some beef, maybe fire up the grill. But Paris Lily, you're back again with me. We had a great last episode you and I got to sit down with Chris Charla over at ID and Xbox. We got to talk all things indie games little old school Xbox Live arcade segment as well. But Paris, none of that matters because the only thing that matters is, are you playing Elden Ring yet?
2: Okay, so (laughs) I I have have a few things to say. So I'll I'll kick it off with Elden Ring. I am playing Elden Ring.
3: Whoa, no way.
2: But I am not ready to talk about it yet. Oh. Other than to say, I see what people mean. I love the open world freedom of it and it's not holding your hand and the the screen is not being cluttered with a bunch of things telling you where to go. It just feels so refreshing to just, hmm, I think I'll go that way and see what happens and you run into something and you die and you die a lot. Um, I get it. Don't, I don't want to deep dive on it too yet. I want to I want to play it more because I've kind of been distracted. This week playing a couple other things. I've been playing Lego Star Wars um, um, with my son and I've been playing something else that we can't talk about yet. But when I really can deep dive into it and just sit down and immerse myself into it, I'll definitely report back and uh, talk about my adventures in, in Eldering.
0: Paris, what was it that flipped you from, because you were quite adamant that you weren't going to oh, play it.
2: What changed your mind? Because I'd started trolling on Twitter. Like I, I I, had the Elden Ring mob after me because I would just- right, so you, I,
0: you know what I mean, right? They won't let, yeah, they won't let yeah. you alone.
2: <laughs> I, I would just, I would say Elden Ring. And then I have a, a meme where I'm like thumbs down or something like that. And people were getting mad at me. So I was like, you know what? I'll show you, I'll actually play it. How about that? So then I started playing it. So that's why, I, oh, and then I started watching Severance and I got distracted on that too. But that's another story. So, so that's Elden Ring. Now, going back to our interview last week with Chris, I was convinced I was going to get roasted on the internet because I said something really dumb. And I swear, if you go back and watch the episode, you can see my face in the moment where I realized I goofed. So I said at the beginning that I played Geometry Wars at the, um, at the, uh, at the Xbox 360 launch event, right? No, I didn't. It was Hex- Hexic HD. I, I, my, my mind like totally screwed it up and I go, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Why did I say that? And it was too late. And then I was convinced someone was going to catch it and then like roast me in the comments or whatever, or tweet at me or something. No one did. So, hey, I, I'll tell them myself. I'm a moron. I said the wrong game. It was 12 years ago. What are you going to do? But, I all about Hexic
0: HD. That's a blast yeah. from the past.
2: Actually, it was more than 12 years ago. What am I saying? That was two, what, 2005? I'm old. How old is that? Can I do math? That was 17 years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. Long time ago. Anyways, final piece of news that I have on, on this one. Next episode, I will have a steam deck in my hand and I will show it here on the podcast.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. So okay. So wow. now you you you, you have been shilling pretty hard to get your hands on a Steam Deck <laughs> on social media. Yes. Did, did yes. it work? Did you know,
2: one thousand percent, uh, it worked. And, oh okay. okay nice. and, and and in a good way. Yeah. Obviously, I've been pretty vocal about wanting to get a Steam Deck. So someone from our community reached out to me via someone I someone else that I knew had that person get us in contact. Saw that you know I've been trying to get a Steam Deck they got their order in, realized they didn't want it anymore, and generously we, you know, made the transaction whenever I paid for it and all that, but you know, gave me his Steam Deck and I got the tracking number earlier today. I will have it next week before the show. So I'm I'm pretty excited so about they, that. So they so they
0: got a Steam Deck and they're just passing it along to yes. you basically.
2: Mhm.
0: Nice. Yeah. Ah,
2: but but it, it, again, it just goes and I even tweeted about this. It goes to show you, you know, we we focus a lot as a whole, I should say. But We focus a lot on the negativity that happens in gaming, but this is the, this is the positive stuff. This is the good stuff that we should be talking about where two complete a a person. I don't even know, you know, reached out to me and was generous enough to do that. So I'm very appreciative. You know who you are. Thank you very much. And, these are the kind of things that I like talking about where as a community, we help each other, you know, achieve these things, get these items that we want. Obviously, in game help help with various challenges and all that. But, it, you know, it was just a cool thing. I definitely wanted to acknowledge that that someone did help me. Yeah, I'm sure, like you said, Gary, my, my shilling so much on Twitter Listen, and on this this show, help, the show. We'll get some grease. But um, I'm excited to get it and I'll I'll definitely talk about it next week. Do you think I don't show, know if it's well, like cool.
0: did you see? I think like... someone today. I think it was Wario sixty four because the play they got their play date, because the play dates are shipping out now as well. Yep. And they put their play date on top of the Steam Deck. Oh for yeah. Like a, wow. for like a, a size comparison. Yeah. My God, it's like David and Goliath. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen these two things next to one another. Because the play date is like this very small, compact, twee, little black and white, you know, gimmicky handheld. And the steam deck I, 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 this is what I, as soon as you get it in your hand, Paris, I want to hear from you like is it as big and chunky? Like, because th- these things you see them in pictures, you go, oh yeah, you get a general sense of the size, but it's not until you get it in the hand, you go, oh, it's smaller than I than I thought or bigger yeah. than I thought. My, I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to guess that when you get it in hand, you're going to think, "My God, it's even bigger than than I thought."
2: That's what everyone says. So I'm I'm actually curious, and you know, and I have big hands, so I'm I'm sure I'll be fine with it regardless. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to get it, do a bunch of stuff with it. Obviously, from an Xbox perspective, I'll be able to run some native Xbox games on it through Steam, and then obviously the uh, you know cloud gaming as well. We'll test all that. Are stuff you going to mod You're
0: going to try and put Windows on it and get Game Pass running and stuff like not, that. Not
2: not right away. I'll just do the cloud gaming for Mm -hmm. for game pass i figure (laughs) once once i'm actually comfortable with it and you know have some time with it then i might start tinkering and do some of that put windows and all that but early on i just i just want to play games and and i know i'll be traveling soon so it's gonna be my travel companion so i'm excited for that
1: brad pair sounds like a good one started elden ring we'll learn more and steam deck is on the way we'll learn more that gives a good shout out to all of our audience watching and listening right now if you have questions about the steam deck on an Xbox side or just a general question for the Steam Deck, Paris will answer some next week if you run into the show. We'll love to ask him. But, guys, we got a lot of positivity and some fun things to talk about on the show. So let's jump right in. Of course, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames, RoosterTeef.com, and on podcast services around the globe. Some fun upcoming things you need to know about this Monday the end of April, you will see April Anarchy for all you kind of funny wrestling fans out there. The big pay-per-view is on the way. It will be recorded on Monday. We saw Paris Lilly himself grace the ring last week and put the smackdown. down to Khalif <laughs> Adams. You can go check out all of the VODs of our kind of funny wrestling with myself and Greg Miller over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. It's a ton of fun and even Gary's a wrestler. So you have your whole X-Cast trio even a lot of Pierce is here as well. So please check that out. Don't forget, we are now Epic Games partners, which means if you're buying V Bucks over in Fortnite, upgrading your look in Rocket League, or buying games off the Epic Games store on PC, please consider using our Epic Creator code, kind of funny, at checkout to help support the team in a brand new way. And speaking of support, we want to give a big shout out to the people who support us over on patreon.com. Slash kind of funny games where you can become a Patreon producer. You can watch the show live, just like Cooper, Slightly Adore, RTGTZ, and so many more are doing at different levels over on Patreon. But our Patreon producers for the month of April, who get a big shout out and thank you, are Gordon Maguire, Fargo Brady, Pranksky, Dan Golden, Spider B, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, First Responder ND, Julian the gluten-free gamer, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew. And finally, this week, The Kind of Funny X-Cast is brought to you by Credit Karma, but myself and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. Guys, let's jump off and jump into some fun news from the week. And we'll start off with the positive. Paris Lilly, for you, we've got some positive sales numbers right now coming in from VG Charts on Twitter and over on their website. They report that the Xbox Series X and S has sold more than 4.49 million units more than the Xbox 360 did in its first 17 months. So the breakdown after 17 months of release, your Xbox Series X and S are at 13.87 million and Xbox 360 at 9.38 million. So a nice big bump up against one of the best Xbox consoles to date here, the Xbox 360 Paris, So I'll start with you positive numbers are you happy hearing this number after 17 months
2: yeah it's great to hear it it shows positive momentum for xbox and you know as we've talked over the past you know 17 months or so i mean both the series x and the s i mean they're solid pieces of hardware i think even more specifically when you look at the s i guarantee you it's driving a lot of these sales number one because it's probably more available than the x and it's 299 <laughs> I mean, price does everything. You know, I, I think I've learned in my household specifically, even though we have the X and the S, my kids play on the S way more than they do the X, because they don't necessarily care about oh, it has to be 4K and all this stuff. They just care that, hey, it, it does the quick resume and all that, and it plays all the games and it's fun. That's all they care about. And like I said, the fact that it's more readily available, it's more affordable, kind of makes sense that you're seeing this, you, you look, you pair it with something like a game pass. You know, we had to say that at some point in the show, right. But you pair it with something like game pass. You have that affordability as well. People are going to go get it. And it does all the next gen gaming. And as we go here into 2022 and we start seeing some of these, you know, S and X only games, I think you're going to see even more people start to pick them up. So yeah, good, good for Xbox. We've come a long way since 2013 in that Xbox One reveal. Let's put it that way, <laughs> to where I I I think Xbox is in a really good place, and obviously from a sales t- standpoint, we're seeing that people are engaged.
1: Gary hey, Witta, I took my buddy Sad Boy Sean down to his parents' house in Carson City uh, last weekend. Stopped at the local Walmart, six Xbox Series S's in the case, ready to be sold. It was very impressive and cool to see. Haven't seen those in the wild in quite some time in my area. But, you know, Gary, you and I, we've seen the Xbox 360 launch. You, in particular, have seen a lot of launches. Are you impressed with the 4.9 million unit upsell right now on the Series X compared to the 360 back in the day?
0: Yeah, I mean, so, it, it, firstly, it was very encouraging. Good that they're comparing it to the 360. If they'd have compared it to the Xbox One, of course, you'd be shrugging. You're like, well, so what? You know, mm-hmm. like, well, I, I would hope so that you'd sell more on the Xbox One. That was a massive flop. Uh, 360, though, very, very popular. So it's actually really, 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 really good news that they've sold substantially better than the 360, which absolutely was a hit console. And I think for many people, it's still, you know, historically their favorite uh, Xbox. 360 is very, very um, well liked and and rightly so. Um, What's interesting is, you know, Microsoft doesn't do absolute numbers, right? It's interesting. They're, They're not giving you a number of how many it sold. They're just telling you how many more it sold Relatively to the the 360, and I, I don't know if there were ever absolute numbers on the 360 either. Maybe maybe they were, but again, Microsoft as a, as a as a rule doesn't just give you sales numbers on hardware. Um, but what's interesting is, of course, in this particular generation at this point in time. All of these numbers, right, are kind of artificially suppressed because of the supply chain and manufacturing issues, like as well as the PlayStation Five is doing right now. For example, I'm sure Sony could be selling many, many more of them if they could just get them into the channel and on the shelves, right? You you cannot buy a PlayStation Five right now unless you're willing to buy from a scalper or whatever, or you know third party sellers. Friend of mine, so t- two friends of mine just got a PlayStation Five recently. One got one from a scalper. And the other one got one from, um, it was like a re- not a reseller, but it was like, it was, it was, it was a bundle thing where the only way they could get it was like buying $300 worth of shit that they didn't need with it as well. Um, so it's just really, really hard to find these systems right now. One of the reasons why I think the series S is, is doing so well. And we talked about it many times on the show before and Paris just touched upon it. And this is actually the essence of the conversation I, was, I referred to earlier that I was having with Tim about a switch versus a switch pro is that you know it's very easy in our bubble like we're big time enthusiasts right and we're in the business and we get a lot of stuff sent to us and you know we can generally afford to buy the consoles that come out um and you know we're 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 in a very kind of rarefied bubble and i think we generally talk to other people like ourselves that are in that same bubble Mm -hmm. and we forget what it's often like you know out there like just in the trenches just being a gamer who isn't quite, you know, perhaps aren't as well connected as us and don't have access to all the latest stuff. And for whom many, many, for whom many, many people, as Paris just said, don't necessarily care about 4K or the highest fidelity or the or the most cutting edge. They so just want to play the latest games. And the Xbox Series S is the I, I said it before, I, I think the Switch is up there as well, the best console for most people who don't necessarily care about, you know, the the, the highest end performance. They just want to play the games. And I, I think what's also happening is because the Series S is the only one I've seen on the shelves. It's 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 so weird to say. I remember the last time I saw anything like this was the original Nintendo Wii. And even that, I think, like after 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 18 months, the the, the, the supply yeah. card issues had started to kind of fix themselves. It was a long time before you could get a Wii, but like I think 18 months in, you could basically get one. I still have not seen, and I go to the stores all the time. And I always whenever I'm in Target or whatever, I'll always like just like poke into the the, the electronics area to see what is. What might be in stock? Still, never seen a PlayStation 5 in the wild on a shelf. Never seen a Series X in the wild on a shelf. But I see plenty of Series S's, and we know they're selling really well. And I think part of the reason why they're selling really well is A, they're the ones that Microsoft can actually get into the channel right now. You know, presumably fewer higher end components and things like that, just maybe less susceptible. To so the uh, supply chain issues that higher end consoles are uh, are susceptible to, but also because I think a lot of people who, who are going to the store, maybe looking for a Series X or looking for a PlayStation Five, see a Series S. That's all there is, and go, well, shit. You know what? I've heard it's just as good, basically, and they get that, and they and they take it home, and they're perfectly happy with it. So. All of the sales numbers. I think historically, when we look back on this in ten years from now, we'll, we'll be talking about how well you can't really go by those sales numbers because there were massive supply chain issues going on in the world at that time, and that was kind of suppressing like how many consoles they could they could even make and put on shelves. Uh, but you know, so I, I think in light of that, it's even more impressive news that the Xbox is selling. As well as it is. I would like again, Microsoft will never tell you, but I would love to see the breakdown. I'd love to see how many are S's and how many are X's. My my guess, my strong guess is that many more of them are S's. A because it's a it's a very, very appealing box at that price, at that performance. The porridge is just right, and it's the one you can get. Like, you know, don't 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 discount the if you want to sell consoles it's really ability it's really important to be able to put them on a shelf so people can buy them and that's the only console out of the the not i guess you wouldn't really consider the switch it's a last gen console at this point but of the current generation s x and ps5 the s is really the only one that's readily available and that's a big deal
1: yeah some positive news to kick off the episode nice to see that number of course that is a non-official number from team xbox but VG charts has been doing their tracking right there. And that is our number right now. Xbox series S and X after 17 months estimated to be 13.87 million. So nice unit number right there wow. for the team yeah. over at Microsoft. But let's keep it rolling with some possibly negative news. And I'm, I think this is going to get the Gary tirade going on right now. Uh-oh. Guys, Microsoft and Xbox are exploring in-game ad system for free-to-play titles. This is coming from GameIndustry.biz by Brendan Sinclair. I'll lead the quick write-up from him. Microsoft is considering making another run at in-game ads, according to Business Insider report citing multiple sources. As spotted by VGC, the outlet reports that Microsoft is looking at integrating ads for real-world products in free-to-play titles. Initially, the Xbox maker would not take a cut of the revenue developers raise with such ads and would only allow ads from selected brands so as to ensure efforts don't disrupt the gameplay experience. One example given was placing real world ads on a racing titles in game billboards. Gary Whitta, you're the man ready to kick on the grill myself as an Xbox gamer. Should I be concerned that I'm going to be punched in the mouth with a bunch of ads, even though it states just free to play titles will this be the snowball effect where we get into more games gary widow
0: this doesn't make me angry at all it may it's just it's 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 just a re, it's just a business reality right this is the world that we live in and i think what we're seeing is especially with the news out on netflix recently and um that th- there's you know may- maybe the streaming <laughs> bubble for example is bursting a little bit see what cnn plus how long did that last? A month, <laughs> and they pulled the plug. The, the 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 you know the the endless kind of you know never ending cash spigot days of everyone pouring billions of dollars into these streaming services. You know, with with the idea that maybe one day we'll see some money. I think those days are coming to an end, and that's I think uh, illustrative of, of this wider picture that it's getting harder to money like to monetize things, and people are going to start getting more creative. Putting ads on things isn't necessarily that creative. Obviously, that's been around. Since time immemorial, Um, it doesn't bother me, especially on free to play games. You got to remember, like, things cost money to make. Nothing is totally free. Like, generally, when you see a free to play game, you know there's going to be either in app purchases or ads or some kind of monetization. I mean, obviously, look at the mobile app economy, it's built on that, right? Most apps are free, and there's usually, you know, sit through an ad or pay a couple of bucks to get rid of ads and things like that. The, to me the, the the news again it's just a reality it doesn't make me angry this is not going to get me going on something like anti-capitalist rant or anything like that advertising is a proven way to monetize things and if you're not going to make make money by charging gamers or consumers audiences or whatever for um, you know to 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 buy or subscribe to it then the money where's the money coming from it's got to come from somewhere and advertising is a is a proven model it really comes down to the execution of it right? Like how obnoxious is it? If it, if it is anything like the mobile ad, 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 app economy where the ads are really, really in your face and really obnoxious, yeah, that's going to be a problem. The idea of putting the ads like on, you know, if you're playing like a formula one game or whatever, and there are ads on the car and ads on the billboards, that, I mean, that doesn't stick out like a sore thumb to me because that's just what real life is like anyway. There's ads all over the place in the real world. If anything, you could argue that actually makes it kind of seem more realistic because that's just an accurate reflection of what real-world sports look like, sponsorship and, and, ad, and, and advertisements – Everywhere, I'm not a fan of it in general. Generally, like you know, for example, like Hulu has those two different plans, right? There's a cheaper plan where you get ads, and there's a more expensive plan where you get no ads at all. I hate sitting through ads; it drives me crazy. I pay for YouTube Premium, so I never never need to look at ads. Again, I'm fortunate enough that you know economically, I'm I'm fortunate to be able to do that. I can switch off the ads. A lot of people don't have that luxury. I I think Disney Plus is experimenting with an um, ad-supported model as well. These lower tiers because once you add up all these you know once you once you've paid for Amazon and Hulu and Disney and Game Pass and everything else like it all adds up right these they actually ends up like being more than your your old cable bill or whatever you used to pay it's expensive and so i think i think what what people like Microsoft and Disney and CNN and Netflix are all realizing or hoping is that there's there there are people out there that they can reach but they're not reaching right now at 15 or 20 dollars a month or this much per game or whatever it is and so they've got to find some way to bring the price down and you're gonna have to, you know, take your medicine and, and watch an ad if that's gonna work. Because again, the money's got to come from somewhere. Let, I'm gonna, I'm gonna withhold judgment until I see it. Again, it all comes down to the execution. There is a world of difference between ads, you know, running, you know, racing by you on a, a on billboards in a in a racing game, and like having to sit through a 30 second ad to get another turn in a game or something like that. Like in a mobile game, where it becomes really, really, really obnoxious. So it remains to be seen how they'll do it. I want to believe I want to trust that Microsoft would find a way to do it that isn't like repellent. um but you 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 just never know. let's let's wait and see. it's It's not great news on the surface, but I do think that this is like the entire economy of monetized content seems to be switching more away from subscription more away from subscriptions, m- more away from asking consumers directly for money, taking the money from advertisers, and then hoping that 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 gamers and and or and streaming audiences, whoever, won't mind watching an ad because, hey, it's cheaper this way. But it remains to be, this is a big unknown, the, the whole world of content, whether it be games, whether it be TV, film, let's say, all the streaming services that are out there, There's, the, I think there's a big paradigm shift coming where we're moving more towards advertising starting to creep in. It's going to start looking more like cable, te- like good old-fashioned no, cable yeah, and network yep. television, right? One of the things we loved about Netflix and Hulu and places like is, that, oh, you can just watch the whole thing without having to sit through obnoxious commercial breaks. Maybe they're coming back.
1: Paris Lilly, why don't you give me your initial thoughts? And yeah, I want to dive a little bit deeper on some of the things we've seen and what we could see. Paris, what's your initial thoughts on this?
2: So I I don't want to repeat too much of what Gary said because I think he's spot on in everything that that he just laid out. I'm okay with it being, like, it doesn't bother me, I should say. Look, I don't want to watch ads, so I shouldn't even say I'm okay with it, but it is what it is. It's kind of one of those scenarios, right? If we're talking free-to-play games, and like Gary's saying, if it's, you know, on a billboard somewhere or like if it's a race car, it's advertising on the car or something like that. I get it. If it makes sense in the tone of the game, I think I'm, I, it's a necessary evil. I get it. It's a part of financing the game. Like I understand why there's advertising. Now, I would have an issue, let's just say Elden Ring as an example, if I'm in Elden Ring and all of a sudden I I go over this mountain, there's a freaking McDonald's there and, and you're taking me complete out of the fantasy aspect of the game. Now I start having a problem with it. So like Gary saying, if you do it in a way to where it's not so intrusive and it just breaks the immersion of playing the game. It's a necessary evil, I understand it, especially in a free-to play model that totally makes sense because they have to monetize in some way, whether they do it on ads or whether they're selling you a battle pass or something like that, they need you to spend money on the game so that you know they can make a profit. totally understandable. If this starts creeping into our mainstream games that we're purchasing or you know obviously in the subscription service, if I had to subscribe to game Pass, but yet Starfield, has a bunch of advertising in it, that gets a little icky to me, right? Now now I'm I'm wondering, or I spend $60, $70 on a game and you're throwing a bunch of ads at me. Now I don't I don't know about that. Now that starts to blur the lines. But from what you described, I get it. So I, I don't have that big of a deal with it in in that sense. Now I I will say this because part, and maybe this is where you're going, Mike. Part of the discourse that I've seen the past few days about this is people are, are looking at the whole Netflix thing, and they're equating that into what Microsoft is doing with Game Pass and going, see, Game Pass isn't going to be sustainable. It's not going to work. Netflix can't work. I disagree. Part of the reason Netflix is having to do what they're doing is the price keeps going up. The content isn't as good and they don't have a second revenue stream. This is why they're talking just like Gary brought up. They're going to have another tier that's ad supported, whereas obviously Hulu has it like hell. When I try to watch Halo or Picard or something on Paramount, I get interrupted with a commercial. Seems like every five minutes, right? That's how they supplement people being on there. Peacock obviously does the same thing as well. I think when you look at Game Pass, I mean, we obviously don't know the financials. We don't know how it works. They have a secondary revenue stream. It's called buying the freaking game. <laughs> not everyone head. has to subscribe to it, and there's not you know. nearly
4: as big of a bubble in the the game streaming. subscription Exactly stuff, right. Like we're you know we're about to see something from PlayStation, but that's one other competitor. We've seen exactly. it with Nintendo a little bit, but they're in their own realm of like nostalgia games. Netflix has been kind of staving off like this competition for a long time, and we're seeing like it's the you know everything old is new again, right? Where it's uh, it we're just in the cable era again. You know, it's, it's no, we Netflix really are hulu it's disney plus like you're saying it's paramount it's all these things like it's it's become such a big bubble that like of course netflix is gonna have to like is gonna take a dip because its original uh, content has been going down the gutter I, I would say in the last few years and all of the things that people would go to that wasn't like original content are now on other platforms not on netflix anymore so i feel like that's yeah. a big factor into that uh really quick just a, a kind of tie the old is new again thing with, uh, ads and video games, they did this like 12 years ago. And like, I don't, did that really do anything for people buying ad space in video games and stuff like that? Like, no. I really don't think so. Like, this is going to be something that, that they test out on like a couple of free to play games. It's not going to see a return that like, I feel like ad people who would buy ad space in these games are going to like really want and then it's gonna kind of die down. So,
0: and let, let's not forget, we already live in this world, right? Yeah, it's, agreed. I,
2: yeah, I mean, do.
0: you know, I mean, I, I, I honestly thought it was gross when I, when I, th- I honestly thought it was a joke. But when I saw Norman Reedus slamming down that monster energy drink and death stranding <laughs> and putting the can right up in front of the camera like this, so you can like really clearly see exactly what it, what, what I was like, come on, really? Do you need that? Do you need the money that badly? It was just, it was really obnoxious. I remember that I couldn't, again, I honestly couldn't believe it. And I was watching that clip from NBA uh, 2K when, when Jake from State Farm fucking shows up and suddenly you're in a State Farm commercial. I'm like, what is going on? And it's really—I mean, it, you can argue that it's like it's it's cleverly woven into the into the storyline. Right. It's not like a now a commercial break. It's more—it's more like you know, old-fashioned product placement. But it's just depressing. Like we all we all know this, but like when something like that happens, and you know your NBA character and your in your career mode is suddenly talking about like State Farm's wonderful array of insurance products, it just reminds you that we're all working for the fucking man. You know, like it's just—it <laughs> that's all it really is. Yeah. this is all just a big capitalist, greedy money-making exercise and they will, and they will get you every which way you can. And these are games that you pay for. They're having their cake and eat it. Like, Thank you very much for the 60 bucks. Now, please you listen to Jake from state farm. He's going to try and sell you some other shit. It's they will squeeze you from every which way they will squeeze you until you squeal and only then when they go, Oh, is that too much? We'll back off a little bit, but they, this is why I have slightly less faith in it. The more I think about it is generally when companies take an approach to like, how can we monetize our products? They always err on the side of doing more, not less. It's always like, should we should we just like inch up a little bit and see like where the line is, where's the pain point, or should we just like go all in? And if people complain too much, maybe we'll like scale it back a little bit. We see it all the time. But generally, when there's an opportunity to to, to add a monetization to anything, whether it be um, you know in-game ads mm-hmm. or product placement or whatever it might be, companies generally always err on the side of greed, and we we see it all the time.
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, <clears throat> like you said, we're, we're already doing it. So when I saw this news, it didn't surprise me. I go, of course, they're going to do that. Why wouldn't they do that? They're going to like you said, Gary, it's about mon- getting as much water as you can squeeze out of that rock every last freaking drop. Of course, they're going to do that. It's up to us as consumers on how much we want to tolerate. If we don't tolerate it, they'll scale it back. If we're okay with it, they're going to keep edging it up more and more and more until they get to that red line where enough is enough. So yes, they're going to do it. I'm pretty sure I read PlayStation's going to do it too. So that doesn't shock me. Won't shock me to see Nintendo do it. Won't shock me to see third party. They're all going to do it. Of course they're going to do it. And like I said, in a free to play model, it makes sense because it's another revenue stream for them to monetize the game. As long as it's not too intrusive, It's just a necessary evil that, unfortunately, you kind of got to live with. Like you you said, in other forms of media, we already see it as it is. Like, I'll never forget watching uh, uh, Marvel, uh, Infinity War, like the the whole scene with with Spider-Man and he's chasing after trying to rescue Doctor Strange or whatever. And he runs into a rocket mortgage billboard and I go, uh, advertising. All right, back to the movie. And then you you keep going, right?
0: You can't not see it because we're all so well educated as consumers. Now we're also savvy that we yeah. know that that's not there by accident. Somebody exactly. paid to put that. There, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so cynical. You guys have done a good job of like highlighting this, right? This is for right
1: now free to play titles. This is a revenue stream for the developers. Xbox is not taking a cut out of this. Of course, they're going to allow ads from selected brands. So they do have control of this and they're going to check out the gameplay experience and see how it does or does not disrupt the gameplay. I think the three of us and Barrett, right? We've played enough sports games where it is second nature, right? Jake from State Farm's more of a stand-up, but Gatorade and NBA 2K, the sideline statues in FIFA or Madden, right? We're going to see more of that probably evolve into this. But my mind started to wonder of like, well, you know, we just got done playing Cyberpunk. We always think of GTA and those billboards, right, Paris, of like, mm-hmm. do we see a timeline where that does happen? Or will that be the moment when the yeah. fans step up and say, hold up, Why am I seeing all these billboards taken over in the video game?
2: I actually, you bring up a a, a great example. I fully expect something like grand theft auto six, if it's quote unquote set in the modern day, whatever city it's in the billboards and the things that you see in there, why wouldn't they partner with certain advertisers to have real ads on those billboards as you're going through the city?
0: I would strongly disagree with that. You think so in, in the, in the specific case of grand theft auto? Yes. Because Grand Theft Auto, the whole point is it's not the real world, right? It's a, oh, because it's, not it's not like Los Santas, It's yeah. Los Santos, and yeah. every billboard is meant to be yeah. like a satirical piece in gotcha, its own Gotcha, gotcha. So I feel like that. I feel like that would it would it wouldn't jive with with. No, with, you make with, a good with, point. With yeah, that's a good up. point. I think in many many other games, yeah, GTA I think is the outlier because the whole point is is it, 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 all the billboards and all the radio commercials are meant to be satirical of exactly that. If they if they if they suddenly. Um, uh, started putting real products and real companies in there they would they, they would instantly just become that which they've been yeah. parodying for years
2: that is true no yeah. you make a good point on that that's that's true
1: but you're so right paris right i'm like i think gary hits the nail on the head with gta and specifically but you can think of other games that are in that cityscape with the billboards and you're like oh yeah i could easily see this go up there and i wonder would that be the straw that breaks the camel's back with the gamers because you said it right if like there's going to be the pushback, right? We'll see the first game that rolls this out and we'll see what the discourse is like, right? The second, the third, and then the 10th game that steps one, two over the line. What is that going to be the make or break?
2: But, you know, and I know we're about to get off this topic, but yeah. just just one last thing on it. And Gary, you know, you already alluded to it. Let's let's be real here. The next four, Forza Motorsport, as an example, if that had advertising on the cars and in billboards as you're going across the racetrack, Is that going to break the immersion of you playing that game or upset you? For me personally, not necessarily. Not that I'm wanting them to do that. But again, it wouldn't surprise me if they did something like that. Obviously, in this scenario, they're not doing that because they're only talking free to play. But I think we will get to a place where that's going to happen, I do think there's going to be reality where we start seeing that. And because- again, I,
0: and, and, and I think we're largely already there. I remember playing Riders Republic, and there's brands all over that game, right? And none of, again, none of those things are there by accident. We've been, right. I think, we've been living in this world for a while. It's really, it's really just a question of degrees now. Like, how invasive is this stuff going to continue to become? And I think for a lot of people, they don't have the luxury. Of choosing because they had the they 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 can't again all of the all of the streaming services that we mentioned uh, previously by the way like Peacock like Hulu like Disney Plus they all have, well Disney Plus I think is coming but they they generally most of them have that do you want the cheaper option with some ads like Paramount Plus is one that you mentioned yeah. uh, Paris or there's a there's a higher tier you can buy into for Paramount Plus where you don't see those ads some people don't want to do that or can't afford to do that but then but it's for for people that. That don't like that stuff. It can, it can sometimes feel like even more like invasive and annoying that you're being made to. So I already I, I i signed up for this app. I'm already paying you something. Why do I have to look at ads as well? It's like, do you really have to like squeeze me from every direction? Oh. It's 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 something that this is a big question for the industry as a whole. It's why Netflix has had these issues that we've seen very visibly in the last week. The CNN Plus thing. Um, all of these, you know the, 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 to Barrett's point, like it's not just like Netflix and maybe one other anymore. There's Apple TV. there's so many apps and see, the market is so saturated. and at some point all the people that are spending money on all this all you know, very, very expensive content, you just thought about severance. That's an expensive show to make, right? Where's the money coming from? To make it and and at some point or another these bean counters are going to realize the numbers are either adding up or they're not and at that point streaming services are going to start going to the wall or they're going to have to start doing more radical things like bringing in ads or you know just finding some way at the end of the day again this is all about making money and if the if the model's not doing that something's going to change
2: yeah completely agree okay i say one last I would, thing hey, on, we on keep this talking about this because i
0: got a couple more but yeah one more because
1: thing, because
2: because i think because i actually want to spin this into talking about game pass obviously because it's okay. a, a okay. subscription service okay. and yeah. the news with netflix cnn plus we're seeing you know saturation on the media side with all these subscription services and you know eventually that bubble we're starting to see burst i think the number one problem with Any subscription service that you have, if it's going to be a hitter's success. And I think that's what we're seeing with Netflix right now. And clearly with CNN, CNN plus it's about content, man. If you don't have content that I care about, I'm not going to stay subscribed to you. Period. Point blank. And I spin this into game pass. Game pass will be a success or a failure, depending on the content that they put in that service. If Xbox game studios doesn't get to a point where like Matt Booty said that they start pumping out game after game, you know, quarter after quarter, year after year, make these third party deals to make people want to stay subscribed to it. Guess what? People are going to leave. Period point blank. That's 100%. You're not going to stay subscribed to a service that you're not getting you feel your money's worth out of. You're not engaged with, you're not getting compelling content out of. So ultimately, that's Xbox's number one problem make compelling content for the service. I think as we sit here today, I think there's enough in there that I personally enjoy, but maybe not necessarily other people. They'd have to get to that point where we start seeing more of their in-house studios, putting things in there. And look, we know pandemic and all that, why it's, why, yeah, and some of that's delayed. I think starting at the end of this year, as we get the Starfields and the red, red falls and going to 2023, they got to start getting that cadence going, or you probably will start to see a slow growth of subscriptions in that service, or maybe even a decline. And if we get to that point, I think it's valid criticism to think, will it be sustainable for the long, long term?
1: Well said Paris. It was a fun conversation with you and Gary and Barrett, and that is something for Xbox fans to keep an eye on out there right now, just free to play titles. This is going to be the start of some in-game ads that you might see. So let us know in the comments down below. Where do you draw the line on ads? Is it stopping, making you watch an ad? Is it immersion inside of sports games or is it beyond?
3: This episode is brought to you by Credit Karma. Are you earning credit card rewards? Credit Karma can help you compare your reward options so you can find a card that fits your lifestyle, helping you earn miles or cash back for spending you're gonna do anyway. I've been using Credit Karma for years. It's such an easy way to just keep track of my credit score and make sure that everything is going fantastically with so many great features. Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of cardish issuers. so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free, and it won't affect your credit score. And best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. That is an awesome feature. Credit Karma, create your own karma ready to find the card for you head to credit karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today go to creditkarma.com or the credit karma app to find the card for you that's creditkarma.com
1: but guys let's talk about another first party game that's looking to get some growth Paris Lily right now and that's Halo Infinite because we now have more details On Season 2, of course, we already knew about the date, which is May 3rd. That's two weeks away. We knew we were getting two brand new maps, Catalyst and Breaker. And now we have further details to get you excited about the three new modes and more, which I want to talk about with all of you right now. Because Halo Waypoint, uh, they had on the multiplayer modes and system designer, Zach Boyce, uh, to detail more of the things that you can expect when you turn on for the new season, Lone Wolves, May 3rd. So guys, let's talk about some of these game modes and beyond and what another one that just dropped that I want to touch on really quick. So we're going to get three new game modes, King of the Hill, Land Grabbed, and Last Spartan Standing. I'll detail each one because each one is a little bit of a twist on what you might expect from the old school King of the Hill and beyond. So let's start off with King of the Hill right now. They want to make it a nice distinction from the classic version of the mode. So this is what Zach and the team detailed. Each hill now has a control meter. Teams will fill their control meter when occupying the hill uh, uncontested. Contesting the hill will pause the control progress. When a team fills their control meter, they will earn one point. Hills have a very quick capture time that can be paused by contesting. Hills quickly decay ownership back to the neutral when unoccupied. Hills move only when the team has filled the control meter winning that hill. Quick play, the first hill will always be consistent but all Hills therefore after are randomized, but in ranked, the entire Hill sequence is consistent every match. So Paris and Gary, of course, if you're an old school Halo fan like we all are, you know that King of the Hill is just like oddball. It's just a timer that fills up on either one of your scoreboards. Now they're changing it up, making a little little twist on filling up a bar, earning a point. Paris, what do you think about that? The little difference maker here for new King of the Hill.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I like the twist on it. Um, it'll be interesting to to play it, obviously, you know, in action to to see how how it feels as you're going through that. But, you know, the description of it, I mean, it sounds cool. I, I, I definitely want to check it out when, when it comes out in season two.
1: Yeah, I, I like this. And more specifically, not only for me and the Halo fans, but what I'm excited for, of course, is HCS, right? I can't mm-hmm. wait to see the pros and what this looks like on the big scale tournaments and what kind of mayhem will be caused. But I do like how Zach and the team over there looked at these traditional game modes and said, you know, we've played these for so many years. What if we put a little twist on it? And of course I'm going to give you some more details. If you like the OG modes, don't worry. You're going to get those as well with some cool variants. But up next is land grab. So land grab is described like this at the start of the match. There are three neutral zones around the map. When a player captures a zone, it is locked and gives their team one point. When all zones are captured, there's an intermission before three new neutral zones spawn. The first team to score 11 points wins. So, of course, Gary, if you remember back in the day when we were playing big team battle, it's kind of like strongholds where three zones will be put on the map and you have to go capture those zones. But a little bit of a twist now where if you capture a zone, it's done and locked and you move on to the next two. Kind of excited. What do you think, Gary, when you think of domination and control of the points do you like this kind of game mode in a 4v4 setting now
0: i mean you never know until you try i'm going back to when we've talked about you know what halo infinite needs to be doing uh on previous shows i'll just be glad to have something new to do something new to try that was that was what kind of had me Mm -hmm. you know drifting away from it as i've said many times on the show before i was really 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 into halo infinite right up until the point when i wasn't and i just stopped playing and i think I, I don't. I, I don't remember at the time specifically going. You know what? I'm going to stop playing, and this is the reason why. I just stopped, and it wasn't. It wasn't until I, I look back on it retrospect. I just stopped playing that. I wonder why. And I, and, and thinking back on it again, it's increasing because I just I remember thinking like this map again. You know this this mode again. Like it just it, it didn't feel like there was enough variety. That's obviously something that they have put a lot of resources into now. New maps and new modes. We want to, and, and it will continue to grow. Um, whether or not it's, it's enough differentiation, if it's enough new content to bring people back, you know, in big numbers, uh, as they go into season two remains to be seen. I know personally, I can only speak for myself. I will, I never uninstalled it. It's still sitting there because I always knew I'd go back to it eventually when they did the next big refresh it's, it's like any game right you yeah. like fall guys you stop playing it and then a new season drops oh that looks fun i'll go back and try it and all all of these all of these seasonal games now they have these season passes battle passes whether it be fortnite whether it be warzone whether it be fall guys whether it be any of these things now, or in this case, Halo, you generally, or like a big Warcraft expansion or whatever it might be, is the numbers tick way up whenever that new piece of content drops. Because people that were bored with what was there are, you know, they never fell out of love with the game. They just kind of got a bit bored with the lack of variety or they'd done, they'd cleared all the content, like what's left for me to do. Now there's something new for you to do, people will come back. So we always see this kind of You know, up, down, up, down, you know, kind of player chart of like, you know, big spike, gradual drop off, big spike as the next season drops. And I think that's, I don't think Halo Infinite's going to be any different. The question is, like, what does it actually look like in this case? Is there going to be enough to really um, convince people that, you know, Halo is worth coming back to again? We don't know any exact numbers, but this narrative seems to have emerged. Uh, the you know, after, after again the, this wonderful, wonderful honeymoon period, that Halo Infinite's kind of like lost its shine, like lost its appeal. Like we, 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 we've done it on KFGD, we've done it on this show. Is Halo Infinite in trouble? Has it, you know, has it kind of screwed the pooch? Again, I don't think so. I do think there's a lot more for them to do. I think it will be fine. It's Halo. Um, and again, but again, we've talked about that before. Like, what does that mean? I say it's Halo, and you and and you and Paris nod, but like Paris's kids go. So fucking what? Like you know, I don't care about Halo to begin with. So it's really there's a bigger question: Are they trying to appeal to a new kind of audience? Um, I know you know we we've talked about battle royale and these kind of things. Again, I stand by, my, my by by my prediction that there's going to be I, I think some kind of big battle royale mode in Halo before too much longer um why not try it you know it's a successful formula in almost every other shooter no reason why it couldn't work for halo i will definitely try the new stuff i will try the new modes and i'm actually i'm honestly perfectly willing to believe that that initial flurry whatever it was like for the first couple of months of excitement where i was i was living eating and breathing Halo. I was playing it constantly. I was getting up early in the morning to play it, staying up late at night. I would put my headphones on so I could play even after my wife and daughter had gone to bed and I wasn't bothering anyone. Or Every now and again, I get a text from my wife. Can you keep it down, please? I might not be able to hear the sound of the game, but I can certainly hear you because I'm (laughs) shouting at people and telling them to go fuck themselves at two o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm perfectly willing to believe that I can get back there because again, the fundamentals of it the basics, the Halo, Halo Infinite's always had good bones, right? We talked about it before the gunplay, the, the 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 feel, the essential kind of meta of the combat. I think has always felt really good and really satisfying. There just wasn't enough to do. So if they can just keep building more stuff to do and more variety, so it doesn't feel like every time you know you get a new map, it's like oh did we just do that two maps ago? Once they build enough of a kind of a library of of exactly content, and location. this is, we haven't even started to talk. I mean, we have talked about it in the past forge let's start letting people make their own content i think it's going to be fine it's, it's just taking them a while to get there
1: well, let's talk about that marquee mode right now the third and final mode that you will see coming into season two mind you there are some more kind of like variants but the third big marquee mode that they want a lot of people to get excited about is last spartan standing a battle le- battle royale-esque mode now just a quick caveat for all of our listeners out there you've heard of us talk about project tatanka over with certain affinity, this is not that mode. So as Jez has probably reported and rumored that you've seen, that is the big battle royale that we think is coming from that team, but we don't have the official word, but this is last Spartan standing, more of a free for all elimination type mode. And I'm going to read it off to you right now. Cause there's some really cool details you're going to want to know about. So the last Spartan standing, the last Spartan standing is based around the lone wolves theme of season two. In this free-for-all experience, 12 players spawn on a big-team battle map with a confined loadout and five respawns. Once a player runs out of respawns and can no longer participate, they can either spectate or leave the match without penalty. If a player gets a kill in the match, they can upgrade to a different weapon, something players of Escalation Slayer will no doubt be familiar with. The match ends when there's just one Spartan left standing. So here's some more details as they go further in on the blog post. This is there will be a handcrafted level system within the game to allow players to earn new loadouts and weapons, choose when they use the level up for different situations, earn XP through not only kills but also AI bubbles that will be found on the battlefield and more to help others level up so there's not that big snowball effect where Paris has 13 kills and he's super overpowered. Compared to me and Gary Witta, there is a way to ensure everyone involved can still get a piece of the pie. And here's some more for you. In the end, what we have is a free for all attrition experience with a layered in leveling system to pair with a curated on map power scavenging story, which currently is random equipment and power equipment come via orbital or ordnance pods, uh, Equipment can be found in some interior locations. (laughs) On-map weapons and vehicles are disabled. Grenades are randomized each time they spawn. Uh, So let's talk about this, guys, because there's a lot of fun stuff to get into that. You see uh, on-map weapons and vehicles are disabled. 12 people. It's going to kick off Season 2 on Breaker exclusively until the timed event ends, and then it will go on to other maps. But you get five lives. 12 people. There's going to be a loadout system, which seems really, really fun to check out. This is the big marquee one. Paris, does this get you excited and think, oh, maybe my son or daughter or me as a general audience is going to get excited about
2: it? I mean, it gets me excited. Um, I this this feels like BR light. This feels like a, a nice yeah. variant of it of what they're doing. And I think this this will be a fun game mode. I mean, it goes back to what we've been talking about for a while. Having v- various types of modes in Halo that we can play and use. And this one in particular, you know, as a solo player, you know, it's going to be a great challenge for you. You'll probably see as people get start getting more engaged with the game. Again, you're going to start seeing clips on social media and you're going to see people streamers wanting to highlight it and and play it because, you know, there's going to be that badge of honor to literally be the last man standing in this. So, I think we've obviously heard all the rumors with certain infinity about what they're working on, but I think this is a nice teaser towards potentially what they could be doing in the, in the future for halo infinite, as far as some type of BR mode goes. So yeah, definitely excited about it. I'm interested in it and um, yeah, look at looking to jump in and play it for sure. This is the mode
1: that gets me the most excited, of course, right? We have the OG classics that we've seen king of the hill and land grab, which is essentially domination and control, but in with a twist, but this is the one for me who's been playing a lot of Battle Royales. This is like, okay, cool. I'm ready to check this out. And I will say it's probably going to be a sweat fest, right? There's going to be kids yep, that are yep. much better than me dominating the whole scene. It is going to be cool to see, like you said, Paris, right? This is kind of the trial of like, what could a Battle Royale look like, right? Sir so certain affinities working on something different, but at least we get that vibe of there's 12 people, only one will survive, right? You're going to have a limited amount of Lives there and what does the loadout System feel like right Mm -hmm. again when the great Detail of when you level up To switch out that loadout it's not going to Be instantaneous where all of a sudden You might have a shotgun in a perfect interior Situation and switch to a sniper Rifle no you'll be able to choose when That happens which is really cool and I'm Excited to see that but I love The vibe and the idea of this and the shrinking Circle will cause for some mayhem And you're so right this is when we're going To see the halo resurgence on Social media This is going to be the clips, the montages of people getting excited. And I think that's a big one I've missed since the launch of Halo Infinite is where is the community? Where is the fun being shared? Because it doesn't seem to be there right now. I am a little concerned that it's going to launch exclusively on Breaker only. I think they did a great job detailing, hey, this is why we do these things. And pretty much what it is, is they're working on the back end to ensure that it's still working properly. When they evolve it onto the next maps, it will go and flow Perfectly, but there is some caveats for everybody to know. So on the positive side, here's some cool stuff for you. You have more additions to custom games with new modes and ways to play along with playlist offerings with new variations of game modes. We already have like Rumble Pit, Social Skirmish, Social Slayer, Team Snipers, Team Doubles and more throughout the season. Plus variants like Ninja Slayer, Vampire Ball and Rocket Repulsors, which all sound very, very cool if you want to dive deep and catch up with all of that. The only negative is, launching on day one, it will only have King of the Hill and Last Spartan Standing along with those two maps. Land grab will be a part of the Fracture Entrenched event later on one month into the season. So Gary, I say that to you, you talked about the things to do. Do you say, well, what the heck, you're promoting three game modes, why is is the third one a month out of this?
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, I just feel like they don't have the resources right now. Right. They just, they, they just, they just, they just aren't enough hours in the day. There are not enough man hours there aren't enough people to like, we talked about this before. Like once you launch one of these live services games, it's, it's, it's a constant, constant race to catch up with the, with the player base. We're consuming content and getting bored of it faster than you can make it. And right now I think they are a little bit behind the eight ball. Um, and I don't know what they need to do to maybe just hire more people. We talked about like other studios coming in to help. They need to, they need to do something in order to, um you know have have these these updates feel less anemic and more like oh yeah here's like a real amount. wow like five new maps 10 new modes this is really exciting as opposed to one thing here one you know a couple of things there um they are they are behind the curve enough i think that they need to make like a big move and not just do this kind of drip 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 of of content they like a real a real spectacular drop maybe season 3 or something and here's here's a whole bunch of new stuff i don't know if that's going to happen but i feel like it's what needs to happen to really kind of get the the disaffected elements of the player base back on side so far as last button standing is concerned to parish's point i agree it sounds a little bit like pseudo battle royale it's clearly taking a lot of elements from battle royale uh but it's not yet the full fat battle royale that i was when i when i was talking earlier about i predict they're going to do this or or that i feel like they should at least try i feel like that's where eventually what i want to see i want to see a full-on you know whether it be you know dozens of players anything up to 100 players you know all the all the classic cornerstones of now what is a very very well established subgenre in first person and third person shooters, right? Constricting playfield, squads, duos, maybe like trios, like, you know, like Apex I know does trios, um, and you know, and and the weapons drops, and all the things that you know that that we think of when we think of, of full fat. Fully executed large scale BR. My guess is that this last button standing mode is them kind of dipping a toe in that water. This is like kind of their prototype. Mm-hmm. If this goes really well, I think they will they will give serious thought if they're not already to like okay, now let's blow this out and bring the full on BR mode um, into the picture. I would like to see that. I honestly don't know why they wouldn't at least try it. Um, but I but I think uh, the, the last button standing mode is potentially uh, a step in the right direction.
2: I'll say it again. Halo Infinite Odst. Oh, you go.
0: You know it.
1: Oh, you're you, you dr- you gonna make uh, me customize two different characters what, now, what, Paris. That's my no, only downfall. Oh, I,
2: of me. I'm, I'm just saying though, Zeta Halo screams BR to me. Mm-hmm. You do it with the Odsts, like Gary said, hundred players, whatever it is. You drop them in on that map and can construct. You know, you no know, shrinks in. Get the. You know, have weapons scattered out through. Dude, the vehicles, all that. that. Yeah. Let's do it. And hopefully, knock, knock, that's what Certain Infinity is working on. I, I would be very excited to see that if they were, they were doing that. And you could do similar with Call of Duty. Make it its own standalone thing. It doesn't have to necessarily be a part of Halo Infinite Prime. You could break it out into its own thing, like Warzone. There that's you go. That's what I was
1: just going to ask you, Paris. Like, let, let's, let's look forward right now to Certain Infinity, whatever they're doing. Is this going to be attached onto my Halo launcher, or will this be its own separate thing?
2: I think it can be its own separate thing personally. If 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 it's obviously I'm, I don't know anything, but I mean if they're doing this big BR mode where like we're saying we're we're having 50, 100 players and they're dropping in big large map whether it's Zeta Halo or not, I almost feel like you do need to separate it from Infinite. Even though yeah, the multiplayer has its own free to play and, and that would be the other curiosity. Is this a free to play model with it, with some kind of battle pass attached to it? Or is this something standalone that you purchase? Obviously, we'll, we'll see you know, when they're ready to talk about it. But I, I think you break it out from Infinite. I think Infinite is its own thing with the campaign, with the, the multiplayer that we all know. You have this quote unquote BR mode that it's its own thing. Like I said, to treat it similar to what Call of Duty is doing.
1: Guys, I want to stick with Halo one more thing because we just had breaking news coming from the Halo Twitter um, account. We just have a roadmap now, kind of similar things that I already talked about with everybody. But of course, the big one everybody's going to talk about is Lone Wolf Season 2 will go from May 3rd till November 7th. So that is looking like another six-month season right here. So let's talk about some of the things that I'm seeing currently on the roadmap right now. Of course, we see quality of life improvements, Forge Open Beta, uh, looking at a September target down here. We have Campaign Mission Replay. Not quite sure what that's going to be just from this, but we'll go deeper next week. But the big one over here on Season 3 on the right-hand side, you have a new 100-tier battle pass, of course, new maps, new modes, new sandbox items, new narrative events new fracture event Forge open beta will happen quality of life improvements. And this is where they're targeting campaign split screen co-op over here because campaign network co-op is over in season two. But Paris, I saw you nodding your head and Gary, I want to get to you in just a second on this as well. We talk about timing a six month season again, back to back. So two seasons throughout one full year. Is that too long?
2: Yes. But I'll add on to what you just said before I elaborate, because we, we also got an email too while you're talking and I'm looking at the email and okay. it's telling me network co-op and campaign mission replay are both targeted for late August. So along with the split screen, it does look like we're going get, to finally get our, our campaign co-op online by right. late August. And then like you already talked about the Forge open beta as well. But yeah, I mean, this, this just goes back to the conversations we, we've had previously that here we are, season two is literally going, stretching all the way, literally almost until one, the one year anniversary of the game coming out. Um, it's too long. It's just simply too long for what we're getting that these were things that, as we've said in hindsight, some Monday morning quarterbacking, we probably should have had within the first three months. Of that game coming out, and I think a lot of the issues and the complaints that the community have had, we wouldn't be having them. I hate saying this, but it's just—it's just the truth. True. true. Halo Infinite still probably should not be out. I've said it before; I'll say it again. It probably should not be coming out until November 2022. With everything that they're talking about right now, ready to go day one.
4: Especially with you have Forge open beta in both season two and then season three on top of that like mm-hmm. you're not getting a proper forge until season four season five at
2: exactly point. exactly that's and what that's i'm saying ridiculous. now if they could have at least launched with the quote-unquote forge beta i think that would have been acceptable you know obviously like i've said before as much as i love playing that campaign by myself i know, i want to play it with my friends on legendary i just do and from we're now talking from december of 2021 until essentially late august september 2022 will be the first time i'll have that opportunity that is simply too long as much as i'm glad that we now know it's still too long it it just is and and, and like i said I, I i know i'm being hypercritical on it i'm hypercritical on it because i love halo and i want to see this game thrive and i think the more they stretch this out going back to something gary was saying you know i kind of disagree with gary in the sense that I don't know if this is enough to get people to come back and be engaged with it. I, I I don't know. I hope it does. I hope it does for me. I hope I'm jumping in playing last man standing and just loving it and all that. But the truth of it is a lot of these things are coming so late now that I wonder if it's too little too late. Will people come back to play it? And And we'll see. But it's great that we got dates on it. You know, I, I will play the co-op, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what the community will do with forge in, in its beta format, but man, that season going all the way till November, I mean, it's, it's just too long. It, oh. it just is. That, I, mean, so, look- I mean, I mean, think of it this way, think of it this way. Sorry. And I'll say this last yeah, thing. No. Yeah. If, if season two is basically going virtually the one year anniversary of the multiplayer coming out, hell season four, are, are, are we talking about season four this time next year? You you see what I'm saying? I I mean, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's it's too long. It's just too long. I hope that shortens up. And I think something else Gary said is probably part of the reason why. I just think there's there's not enough manpower there. There's not enough hours in the day to get this content out. It it is a rat race to constantly chase getting this content out, which is why I say maybe it should have been delayed until November, 2022. So they had more time to kind of pre-stage a lot of this content and have it ready to go when they officially launched
4: and bear Baldy in the, in the live chat, which you can uh, also participate in on patreoncom slash kind of funny games at the silver Tier or above. uh, They, they asked, does that mean only two new maps for another six months?
1: Correct. That is exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So Two maps, three modes for six (laughs) months. That is very tough. That's another one, right? We had the tough pill to swallow at the beginning of the game. After you had that hype, the honeymoon phase wore off. You broke down, well, what did I just get out of this experience? And we broke down X amount of maps, X amount of game modes. And we said, that's not enough. This is light. And then season two was announced. They said only two maps. Everybody was stunned, but we tried to make the best out of it saying, okay, well, we're getting new content. They're catching up. But now you get the announcement late on a Friday evening, Gary Widow. we've talked about this, Right of hey season two it's gonna be another six months so that means six months of two maps three game modes added to the mix yeah you know, will we see the big pop and then the drop off again and have this conversation
0: you know four months from now again to to parents's point about whether it, it it should have been delayed longer i think in an ideal world yeah but we don't live in an ideal world and, given, and, and, and yeah. given that the game already had one very public kind of humiliating delay right it missed it missed that that um It it missed its initial date by a year and they missed the launch. It missed the launch of the console. It did not launch. Master Chief is on the box of the console, but there's no way to play the game. That was a big, um, you know, Microsoft really, really ate that one. And it was not a good time for them at that point, um, for it to then miss, another year and which happened to be the 20th anniversary of Halo, I just I, I don't think they could have done it. I think they, I think they were, I think they must have looked at it and said, look, we already missed a year. It's now at a point where it's stable it's fun to play. There is a, there is a, there is an okay amount of content. It's not what we want to launch with, but like we can hold it for another six months or another year and launch with a lot more, or we can go now. I think they probably made the right decision in launching it when they did because again, it's still a solid game. It didn't have as as much content as we wanted. And and we're starting to see that now as people, players are starting to go, there's, you know, I'm, I'm bored of it now. What's going on? Um, but you know, it's. I it was like, look, you can have it good or you can have it fast. Like, pick, pick one. Like, we, we, can, you, you can't have it all. Um, they, they somehow got themselves behind the eight ball in the development cycle of this game. You know, the the multi-year development cycle of this game, where they had to launch something. It was, it was, it was good, but not great. Um, and you know, initially people loved it, and then again, but but we saw that honeymoon period kind of fizzle out very, very quickly. In terms of how long is how long should a season of a game be? I, I don't know. I'm not an expert in this area. Like how long is a fortnight season? I don't know. I don't know comparatively what, what the expectations look like What's how long is a warzone season? How long is a fortnight season and how much content do you get in each- I don't follow those other games. So I don't know comparatively. I just know that if you said to me, yeah, the next season, if, if you're just telling me what halo is and I and I've played halo infinite en- enough to know like what the experience is like with a certain number of maps and a certain number of modes, if you tell me, yeah, for the next six months, you're getting, what is it? Two new maps. And what, how, how, and two new modes, or do they? Now, people new, in the chat two, two will probably correct Two new maps and three us. new modes for the Just next six months. Just so you all months. know,
1: those are variations as well, so other right. ones, but yeah, I mean, three big game modes and then some
0: variations. <clears throat> It doesn't, it doesn't sound like a, a ton, I mean, you know, at the same time, remember that this is cumulative, right? This gets added on to the modes that were already there. So every time they add on a season, the amount of, you know, the, 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 map rotation, the amount of modes to play just gets bigger and bigger. They will eventually get to a point where I think there's like a ton of content to play. But I, I think again, they, they continue to be behind the eight ball in terms of, you know, the amount of, they, they, they seem to be lagging perpetually behind the the I think quite re- it's not like this is like a toxic fan base that like we demand all the content all the time and they're making totally reasonable expectations. I think the expectations are reasonable. If you if you I, I think a reasonable person would look at the, the, the roadmap for the next six months and say we get three modes and two and two maps. I don't know. It feels like we should, the, 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 it's a reasonable expectation. There would be more than that for the next six months. And so and I think they, I'm I'm sure they know that. Um, and I know they I'm sure they want to be doing more. I really do hope they get to a point where they're really, again, the kind of the content delivery machine for Halo Infinite, because uh, that's what it is, right? Again, we talked about it before. It's like a never-ending treadmill. You have to just keep churning out content. Uh, they will get to a point where they 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 manpower up more or whatever it is or they solve whatever problems they're having where, you know, season three, four, five, now like, oh, my God, five new maps, six new modes, and it's really, really coming through. Um, I'd like to think they're working towards that. But right now, yeah, they continue to – they continue to be a little bit behind the curve of of where I think the players and where they themselves would want to be.
1: Let's see see what this team can do, right. To keep us engaged and active throughout the six month season. That's going to be the big one, right? We all latch on to the number, but now is the question of can you bring it for six months and keep everyone in this audience engaged? But guys, that's a lot of halo news and I got to get you the heck out of here. So let's finish up with the Game Pass update for the second half of April, and we have a fun little one right at the end that people need to know about. So, out right now, F1 2021 on cloud, thanks to EA Play. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit remastered on the cloud, thanks to EA Play. Turnip Boy commits tax evasion on cloud console and PC, thanks to the ID and Xbox team. I'm going to take a quick moment and say, hey, and Gary, I played Turnip Boy commits tax evasion because we just it, got boy. done Turn with it, boy, tax man. season. Turn
0: Turnip boy, turnip, turnip boy, turn boy. I, I watched. I, I saw the trailer. I saw that title. Yeah, yeah. Turnip boy commits tax evasion. I got played to it. at least watch the trailer. Yeah. I don't know. It, did you
1: play it, Mike? What was it like? I, I played it. It is a top-down Zelda-esque game. Uh, you were there for the jokes. Music is all right. Of course, action is just going to be some hack and slash through some mini dungeons. But it is fun to see Turnip boy uh commit tax <laughs> evasion from an evil mayor onion so if you and your kids are looking for just kind of a zelda-esque game where you're going to get the jokes and laugh and they're going to enjoy it this is worth your time other than that it is not the greatest of games but it is an easy thousand gamer score shout out to my good friend Maka 91 if you're looking for some gamer score to boost up that score of yours you can get an easy thousand gamer points right there keeping it moving april 26 you have seven Days to Die on cloud console and PC thanks to ID at Xbox, Research and Destroy console and PC is the day one Game Pass title that you're definitely going to want to check out. On April 28th, Bug Snacks is coming to town cloud console and PC thanks to ID at Xbox. You have Unsold on console and PC. This is an ID at Xbox game, uh day one on Game Pass as well to check out. Cloud games with touch controls, you have 12 more coming to the list right now, your big names this month, our Hitman Trilogy, Windjammers 2, and more, leaving Game Pass April 30th, Cricket 19, Outlast 2, Secret Neighbor, and Streets of Rage 4. Streets of Rage 4 rocks. You should play that game because it's a ton of fun. But here's the big news. Exciting partnership with Ubisoft. I'm excited to share. This comes straight from the Xbox blog. I'm excited to share that we're working with Ubisoft to bring even more incredible games to the Game Pass library. In the next two months, Assassin's Creed Origins will join the library for cloud console and PC via the Ubisoft Connect app. We'll also bring For Honor Marching Fire Edition to PC via Ubisoft Connect app and upgrade to the Marching Fire Edition for cloud and console. Guys, awesome to see this partnership. It's something we've talked about. We get the benefits of EA Play, but we don't have many ubisoft titles and i right. actually went through game pass today shockingly there's not many at all you have tom clancy's rainbow six and you have tom clancy's extraction i should say siege but not many other games no assassin's creed games no far cry very interesting so let's go around the room really quick what is the dream ubisoft title you would like to be added on the game pass gary where do you go first
0: I don't know. I mean the, I I I like the I like the Clancy Rainbow Six games. I've so I've already got those. I really enjoyed um Extraction. Again, it's a surprise to see a big like AAA Ubisoft game show up on Game Pass, right? You wouldn't expect to see that. So, I'm grateful for the ones that we have. I'm not a, to be honest with you, I'm not a huge Assassin's what are the other big like Ubisoft titles? Assassin's Creed, Far Cry. 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 I mean, I day. I mean for me like a big a big dreaming wish list. I don't think we're going to get it, but a big dreaming wish list game for me would be Division 3. I don't think we'll ever see a Division 3. But if they were to make it, put that on Game Pass as the cherry on top, lovely. Maybe the Star Wars game
1: coming from that Division team. That would be kind of dope, Yeah, yep. That would be dope. Paris Lily, what do you want to see added?
2: Oh, it's so simple for me. For the love yeah. of God, can you give me Sam Fisher? I just yeah. want to to so That's <laughs> I mean, all that's I care dirt. about. Like, Like, if anything, give me that whole back catalog so I can play Chaos Theory. That's all I want. That's all it's I crazy. care about. Yeah, give me it's that. on
1: back compat, and, and I've bought many of them pairs. But it was weird to search through the Game Pass ca- catalog and not see them on there. I thought that yeah. would be an instant slam
0: dunk. In this, and this, you know, funny and in this, this in this age of so many games getting remastered, I'm kind of surprised Splinter Cell seems like a great candidate. What? Well, know which kind one of you would are. View, but
2: that's kind of what they're doing. They they said you know they finally admitted they're making a new Splinter Cell game, but it kind of is a not a straight remaster, but a retelling of the first okay. game.
1: Oh, okay. cool. That's cool. Yeah.
2: Okay. That I'm not happy about. I don't want that. I want a new adventure, but what is the that's best? A, that's another is, story. If
0: I were to play one splinter, cause I never really got into them. What's the best splinter cell game?
2: In my opinion, chaos theory. Okay. That, that was the third one. Third one. Yeah. That was the third one. That was for me. That was my, my favorite one. Um, I like right. Pandora tomorrow as well. Um, gets a little iffy as, as you go along beyond that. But I, I think, I think those two were probably my two favorite. Hmm. I will
1: say here's my dream slam dunk. That could be right around the corner. Roller Champions was just announced as a game going gold. is a multiplayer roller derby-type game from Ubisoft, and I think that in a Riders Republic fits so well, right? It's community-based, it's big, it's got a lot of fun to be had, and a lot of microtransactions. I know people hate saying that, but put a game into Game Pass, yeah. you can monetize it and make some money off of that. So two awesome opportunities to really get that storefront and a large audience that would be a win for this partnership we'd like to see. But, you know, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Prince of Persia, Rayman, you look at Phoenix Immortal Rising, there's a large catalog that surprisingly is not part of Game Pass that I hope we can see one day.
4: I want to see Rayman Legends, because, I, th- I like, the three games I just want to see love for. Rayman Legends, which is fantastic. Watch Dogs 2, fun little San Francisco, uh, you know. Uh, That's oh, on yes, FPS San... Boost. Um, what, Watch Dogs 2? Yeah. Oh, Nice. Uh, and then the Assassin's Creed specifically is uh, syndicate. Cause I feel like that game That's needs more love. And I think if that came to game pass, I think
0: is that the Victorian one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well guys,
1: right on time. It's time to say goodbye. I have so much more for us to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it next week. It's no big deal to everyone watching and listening. Thank you so much for joining myself, my two gaming dads and Barrett Courtney on the ones and twos, bringing you all the Xbox news you need to know about and having some fun conversations along the way. With that, it's time to say goodbye. See everybody play some games this week.